Welcome to Eerie Query, the podcast where three best friends share weird tales and weirder questions from a queer perspective. I'm your host today, Allie London, and I'm joined with my two best friends, Bree Brubaker and Jordan Grimm. Hello and welcome. I am so excited for today. Me too, begrudgingly, because I know what today is. Yes. I am going to read a green text post. Yes. I'm going to throw up on myself. I apologize in advance, but also I don't because this is one of the best stories I've ever read. Um, and it's supposedly true. I mean, you believe people on the internet however much you want to. However, it was posted and proposed as a true story. It's not like creepy pasta where most of the time it's there for like. You can't legally post things on the internet if they're not true. You're right. You're right. Abraham Lincoln said so. Mm. Yeah. Are all yeah. my dating profile pictures? Yeah. <laughs> we have Christina Aguilera in the room. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because I am beautiful. Well, on that note. <laughs> on that note. I have the eerie query for the day. Oh. What gay pop diva, as in, as in, she's an icon across the queer community, not necessarily part of the community herself, but what gay pop diva would you secretly have a shrine to? Mm. Allie, you're up. I'm not a big pop music person. It doesn't have to be pop. Yes. It's just like a deep, like, you know. This is not so secret it is also very new shout out to my friend adam who introduced me to chappelle roan oh i like chappelle roan who does stuff like my kink is karma and pink pony club okay um because (laughs) she's young queer and an icon and what more can we want also like very much um i love the idea of watching someone your ex's life become a hot dumpster fire yeah mm-hmm. and also That's... just vibing out as a stripper in a club mm. like all of those things do seem like things that would appeal to you yes yes yeah. and i feel like yeah she should become an icon she is starting to but let's let's amp it up more i'll give my cross the ogle um that so a russian they would have red corners in their houses devoted to uh, usually Mother Mary, and it would be painted red, and it would have, like, a mini altar and all these things. Uh-huh. Uh, so my Krasny goal would be to Chappelle Roan. Yes. Thank you for explaining that for me, because <laughs> Bree's brain is dumb. Krasny Ugol is also not English, so okay. that might be That's true. part of it. Um, again, thank you, Allie, for <laughs> representing the niche. The niche. Yeah. Um, it was not a diva I was expecting to hear today. I don't know that they're a diva at all, but I will accept this. Thank you. You're welcome. One day I'm going to reject one of your answers. We're going to yeah, see how that plays Do out. better. And not today. <laughs> We're going to have an entire episode dedicated to me being like, no, the fuck, that question does not work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That answer does not answer this oh, question. My bad. Like when you asked for vines and I was looking for plants. Yes, that was incorrect. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, sorry. Thank you. Circling back, Jordan. Well, I got a question for you all. Are you a Nikki fan? <gasps> I knew Are it. you a yes. Nikki fan? Pull up into Sri Lanka. I am always pulling up in the Sri Lanka. <laughs> in the Sri Lanka. <laughs> you know, when I saw Nikki on uh, Steven Universe, I was like, that that's the diva for me. Yes. I mean, no, but truly, that was badass. That was yeah. iconic. Well, we also were just, like, at that right age where, like, when we were, like, leaving high school, like, Nikki was everywhere. She was changing the industry. A lot of the clothes we were wearing were emulated after Mm -hmm. the colors Nikki was attracted Mm -hmm. to. And, like, they literally had to... Like, there was not a lot of women in the rap game at the time. And then do you remember how the industry started to pump out women in rap to try and like take some of like the empire that Nikki had it was yes iconic yes yeah she is incredible I on my first day this year I had a student ask me are you a barb yes and I was like I love her but I don't think so because I don't think I deserve that title I Mm. feel like Nikki deserves better devotion and that would be Jordan. You know uh-huh. who's secretly a barb? Ew. And not actually secretly. I just don't tell people a lot. You. 
my mother. <gasps> my mind is blown. My mother loves Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. and Lizzo. Mm-hmm. As she should. Yeah, she blasts Lizzo for her ponies. I got to mind. see Lizzo live. She It was a good show. I mm-hmm. highly recommend if anyone ever gets the chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Oh, well, mm-hmm. What about you, Brie? Well, I think I like to portray myself as a Lana Del Rey cinnamon girl mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. Marina like witch girl. But if I was to have a shrine to a diva, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> like, boom, 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 boom. We love her. She's fabulous. She's everything. She stands mental health. I mean. She's a Sagittarius. Twin flames. Oh, so is Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> we Sagittarius rule the world. <laughs> yeah. We're fun. So, you know. Truly. Yeah. So, that's my answer. And that's enough. That's Brittany. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, Brittany is icon. We love all of her success. She's back on the radio. I know, I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, is it cliche for me to be queer in a Britney suit? Maybe. <laughs> but we lean into cliches here. Yeah. What makes me laugh is that Britney Spears... What makes me laugh is that Britney Spears yesified a song with Elton John that usually is played at, like, people's grandmother's funeral. So I like that they're just going to, like, hear that, like, bar bop and just think uh-huh. of, like, their dead grandmother. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for all of us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, that answers my query for the day. So we are going to have to, unfortunately, lean into this spooky-ass story. <sighs> Ready for it. So excited. So everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows that green tech story is just when it has oh what's the word for the little arrow i was never on what i was never on that part of the internet okay i probably for the best i i was in early college so for those who don't know 4chan is a dumpster fire however they did have reddit was coming along too but i really liked the supernatural page when I was in college. That's fair. The only one that I'd been exposed to was the one where everybody was posting videos of murders. Yeah, no. That was not so, where I was. Um, at that point, I was just like, Fortune's mm-hmm. not... That's not the part of the internet I would like to um, habitate. Good, good. Yeah, I, I ended this phase quickly when I found out you can just get these stories on Reddit, too. Mm-hmm. And most mm-hmm. of the times they would just be sent to Reddit, the good ones anyway. Yeah. Um, so these green text stories are when you put, for lack of a better word, the sideways V, you rotate it 90 degrees and you the get that. And yeah. Sign. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's the greater than sign and it would make it green. And that's like the idea that you're telling a story. Oh, so green text are just people telling personal stories. Now they're very much not in full sentences. It is a style, like a writing style of its own. Um, But some of the best horrifying stories came out of this. And today I'm going to read my all-time favorite. And I am so nervous and excited to hear what you guys think. I have my pitbull and my glass of milk ready. Uh, Not really, just the pitbull and a blankie. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) I can warm up some oat milk pretty quick if I need to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was posted... On November 28th, 2013, which is Thanksgiving. Hmm. It is Thanksgiving. And I'm pretty sure that I saw this when it was posted. It stuck around so much in my brain that years later, after undergrad, I was like Googling, trying to figure out what the hell I had read. Mm. Because this is one that just sticks with you. A Thanksgiving time story is good, too. Because I would say arguably... Thanksgiving is one of the creepiest holidays. Yes! I don't know why. There's something way scarier about, like, maybe that's why, because that's when the temperature really changed in Texas. Mm. But, like, there's something that's just way creepier about Thanksgiving than any other holiday for me. Like seeing extended family. Yeah. 
Well, to me, it's the time. Yeah, you had a break from school. So you have all this energy you've been pouring into school that you're like, I'm stuck at home. What the fuck do I do with this energy? Like, I'm stuck around relatives. So you spent a lot of time online. That's fair. I don't really have that same Mm. vibe because um, getting to go home from college Mm. is kind of a reprieve for me since the whole, like, military thing. Um, But I will say there was something about especially coming from a town where not a lot of people left. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people from my high school ended up leaving, but there was like a point of time where it was like, not a lot of people left. They all wanted to hang out the same. Like, yeah, it's something about like getting stuck in that mm. um, rural lifestyle and like yeah. that kind of representation of like being trapped and in one place. Mm that I think Thanksgiving really makes me think of. Well, I'm so glad you're thinking of being trapped around things you don't want to be trapped around. Yes, I've been ready for this my whole life. Yeah, truly. I'm so excited. So, again, this is in snippets, so not full sentences, so it does take a minute to get used to if you've never read mm-hmm. one before, but I will be reading this aloud to you all. Heading into woods on camping trip with college buddies. Me, girlfriend, now ex, Sarah, her friend Jill, Jill's friend, Rachel. Rachel was kind of weird, a very petite, always wore an old army jacket that was too big on her pixie haircut. She was orphaned at 14, refused to be adopted or fostered, basically struck off on her own at 16, did not like being touched, and rumor was that she had dealt with assaults in the past. Got a free ride um, through college because she was an orphan. My roommate's deed the nerdy guy, my friend Fred. He was Japanese and his name wasn't actually Fred. We called him that because my freshman year he dressed like Fred from Scooby-Doo. Fred's roommate, Bill. Bill had a reputation as a creeper, but he was a nice guy, really nice guy. I will say, let me interject. If someone has a reputation for as a creeper, I don't care what the fuck they do with their life. Uh, there, yeah, I'm already hearing some yeah. early 2000s. Um, yeah. We, we just called him Fred because he dressed like that. Yes. Yikes. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, this is definitely from a man's perspective. Mm. It is established very quickly. Yes, very much. So I just wanted to throw that out. Um, but he did charity stuff and would give you the short off, shirt off his back. Before I really knew him well, I called him for help when I got stranded on the roadside. He drove three hours in the middle of the night to get me and he didn't even know my name at the time. Bill was a survivalist and a nerd, so he was constantly bombarding us with random trivia and survival stuff. He once showed me some smoke grenades he'd rebuilt into chlorine gas grenades. Why? Because he could. Nope. Bill, needless to say, had never been laid in his entire life. We all head into the woods to stay at the cabin. Steve's uncle had built. We get to the cabin and the cabin is shit. It's literally made of plywood and exposed insulation. There are no windows and only three rooms. It does have a nice wood-burning stove, then. Would you all stick it out? Us, probably. Uh, Probably, yeah. 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 I mean, I'd be like, (laughs) this is a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever, I'm there for the adventure. Exactly, you're there. Yeah. Yeah. We literally stayed at a, a cabin in the middle of the woods that had uh, just plywood walls for the bathroom. Oh, yeah, it sure did. So I feel like. And rock beds. Rock. They were horrible. Yeah. Rock's a nice way of putting it because it was like a few rocks and then a lot of springs. Yeah, I feel like I could find a rock that I would sleep a little better on. Yeah. Yeah. But it had a roof and a kitchen. True. True. There you go. And a hot tub. Mm. All you need. A lot of bugs in that hot tub. But yes. Yes, I love nature. (laughs) Set up sleeping bags on old army cots in the two bedrooms. Girls in one, boys in the other. We start a fire in the wood stove to warm the place and start talking about what we're going to do in the morning. Cook chili on top of the stove. Stove. Strike three is my comment. Fred and Bill start trading racist jokes aimed at one of another. It's their thing. Uh, cute. Bill is practically a white supremacist. Oh, God. But he's a nice guy. But he's nice. He give you his shirt. <sighs> he he drove three hours three for hours. me. Another white man, I'm yeah. assuming. 
it's really hard yeah. not to assume that. I'm and sorry. No, no. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can read into that for sure. Mm-hmm. And Fred is so nationalist, he thinks the Japanese Empire should have won World War II. Naturally, Fred and Bill get along. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Is the horror story making me relive the 2000s? <laughs> Truly. Truly. And to me, that's the start of the horror, is that you're stuck with these people. So let's set it out with everyone you hate and see what happens. Yeah. Doesn't seem like this guy. The girl is my favorite. So By far. Yeah, same. Most relatable. Most relatable. Who wants random people to touch them anyway? Right. No. Yeah. No. Also, like... Oh, this one girl doesn't want us to touch. Yeah. It's because you're a creep and yes. you're friends with a white supremacist. Literally. Bruh. Bruh. Naturally, Fred and Bill get along and that's why they became roommates. Girls are weirded out by the antics, except Rachel, who's ignoring us and playing with the Zippo. Love her. Jill needs to pee. Only place to do so is behind a bush. Girls go together for some reason and we can hear them giggling and talking while Jill squats behind the bush. Ignore them and laugh, and Bill tells Fred, oh my goodness, some racist joke I'm not even going to repeat. Girls come running back, complaining about a stench. What stench? Oh, fuck. It smells like roadkill rotting in the sun and something metallic, like burnt copper or smoldering wire. Holy hell, did that come out of you? Jill squawks in indignation. We all head inside to get away from the stench. Bill and Fred finish their racist jokes aimed at each other and move on to mocking other groups. Girls just give them a look that says they will never get laid ever, as the girl should. Suddenly, there's a loud screech outside the cabin. Sounds like a woman being murdered. Everyone but Bill jumps and looks at the door. Bill calmly announces, it's a fox, chill. Conversation and dinner resume. Everyone eventually heads to bed. Spend the next day hiking and exploring. Find a pond the girls, minus Rachel, want to swim in it. Steve points out that it's too cold to swim and the pond is stagnant and run off from the hills. Who of us would still go swimming? I mean, I've been swimming in that before. Yeah. Uh, stagnant kind of bugs me. Me too. Yeah. I don't love it, but like... But I probably would. <coughs> there's very little water that I have not <laughs> in the thrill of it, I guess. Bill suggests plinking, and I get out my twenty-two rifle, and we shoot at our empty chili can. Everyone participates except Rachel, who just stands off to the side playing with her rifle. Her lighter, sorry. <laughs> Not her rifle. I was like, good, yes, arm this girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill suggests getting out his FAL and shooting it, but the girls don't want to shoot a big gun. He's disappointed. I didn't even know he'd brought it, but that doesn't surprise me. Red flags galore. Head back to the cabin to play Risk. Bill and Rachel end up wiping us all and ending in a stalemate. Night falls and we build a fire in the stove again. Charades, yeah, that's what we're going to bo- do when we're bored. Steve is pantomiming when finally there, when suddenly there's a loud shriek outside. Was that another fox? Bill replies, nope, that's a rabbit's death scream. That's the only time. That's the only time they make that sound, when they're dying. Well, thanks for that creepy trivia, Bill. Continue charades. Horrid stench fills the cabin. Everyone complains, and the girls retreat to their room and escape the spell. Thump against the door to the cabin like a knock. What? Steve cautiously opens the door to investigate. No. Fucking stupid ass. Stupid ass. All right, Mm -hmm. sorry. Let's go. Blood splattered on the door. there's a dead disemboweled skinless rabbit lying on the ground right outside the door it was probably just an owl did did a fox just throw a dead rabbit at the door creeping out decide not to tell the girls nothing else happens stench fades away and we all go to bed next day goes much as the same as the first hiking and exploring flirting with sarah my girlfriend constantly fred keeps hitting on jill who is doing her best to make it obvious she's ignoring his racist ass. Bill keeps pointing out edible plants and other survival stuff to the group. I would suggest or suspect he was trying to impress the girls, but he is always doing that kind of thing. Did you know most praying ma- mantises are actually agno- agnostic? Start a game of freeze tag in the woods. Girls cheat and combine tag with hide and seek. Everyone gets into it. Eventually, everyone has been discovered and tagged except Bill. 
Where the fuck is he? Give up and loudly shout for him to come out. Drops out of the tree, we are all standing next to grinning. You sneaky motherfucker. Head back to cabin. Everyone else plays risk while I make out with Sarah in the back. What you need on a creepy trip? Sex. A horny I couple. Mean, of course. I have also never seen a horror movie in my life. <laughs> Suddenly, Steve runs in and I yank my hand <sighs> out of her bra. Dude, what the hell? What? How did you do that? Do what? Dude, can we get some privacy? No, seriously, how did you do that? Do what? You were outside yelling for Bill to come out. When? Just now. Clearly, I've been in here the whole time, and the only way out of the cabin is the front door. Dismiss it as a failed prank Steve was trying to pull on me. I wish I had forgot this phrase. Back to sexy time. Remember when people said Oh, God, 2013, kill me. XXRAR, XX. (laughs) Yank my hand out of, or, sorry. Yank my hand out of her bra a second time when Fred comes in and yells for us to get down there quick. I'm pissed now. What the hell, guys? Shh, listen. I don't hear anything. What are you... Suddenly I hear a voice out of the out in the woods. Okay, Bill, game's over. Come on out. It's the exact phrase I shouted earlier. Who the hell is in the wood re- woods repeating what I said? Fred looks at me and says, Dude, it sounds just like you. Is it a really large parrot? it's a tape recorder with legs i love it i wish (laughs) whoever it is shouts it again and it really does sound just like me who the hell is out there steve cracks the door open and peeks outside doesn't see anything who's out there silence then okay bill game's over come on out bill shrugs and steps outside stop i'm here what do you want silence maybe whoever it is Hadn't thought this far ahead. Bill stands there for a minute, then comes back inside. Dude, are you nuts? We don't know you could. We don't know who could be out there. In typical Bill fashion, zero fucks were given. Instead, he calmly gets out his FAL, which is the biggest rifle I've ever seen, and slaps a 30-round clip into it and chambers around. Then he turns on the flashlight, clipped on the barrel, and walks outside. If I'm not back in 10 minutes, leave without me. Dude, what the fuck? They could just leave now. <laughs> yeah, leave Bill. I'm sorry, but he can he can yeah. find his way out. He is a survivalist. True. There you go. He'll survive on mushrooms or some shit. Incredible. We wait. Steve's standing watch by the door. We can see bo- Bill's flashlight bobbing around the trees. We watch as he pauses, scans all around, then continues deeper into the woods. After a while, we can't see his light through the trees anymore. Sarah and Jill are getting scared and retreat to their room. Rachel hangs out with us three guys as we wait for Bill to return. 20 minutes pass and no sign of Bill. If this is a joke, it's not funny. Fred swears it is not a joke. Or if it is, then Bill, then Bill didn't tell him about it. I get my 22 rifle and load it. Fred retrieves a kukri knife from a Bill's camping gear. Steve and Rachel are still standing at the front door. Suddenly, Steve calls out, Bill, I'm here. Fred and I come running to the door and look outside. We can see the dimly, we can dimly see the silhouette of someone standing just inside the tree line. Oh. Bill, what took you so long? I'm here. Start getting a creepy vibe. Bill, what are you doing? What do you want? The hell? We want you to come back inside the cabin, dumbass. No. Then we see... A dim light bobbing around in the trees in the direction Bill went. Wait. I'm suddenly deafened and partially blind by the muzzle flash of a gunshot going off next to my head. Rachel has produced a snub-nosed revolver from somewhere within her jacket and fired a shot up into the air. Love her. Yes. We have guns. Whoever you are, leave us the hell alone. We can't see the figure in... We can't see the figure out in the darkness anymore, but the light is bobbing faster as the owner runs to the cabin. Bill bursts out of the tree line with his rifle. Why are you still here? I told you to leave if I took more than 10 minutes. It's been a half an hour. Who the fuck is shooting? Dude, where the hell were you? Someone was following me down the trail, so I fish hooked to ambush it, but it went back the way I came. I waited a little longer in case I was trying it was trying the same thing, then I took my time coming back so I could hear if it followed me again. 
Then he just gives us all dirty looks. I told you to leave my ass if I was gone more than 10 minutes. It's like you people have never seen these movies before. Jill and Sarah are freaked out over the person imitating us and then the gunshot. Rachel just calmly swaps out the spent round of her revolver for a fresh one. I'm not sure she's even old enough to legally own a handgun. Well, now we know how she handled herself living on the streets. Bill gathers us in the front room and insists on a rational discussion of what happened. We eventually decided someone pranking us, and they're really good at imitating voices. Mm. And repeat the same phrases we shouted earlier. And it's the middle of fucking nowhere screwing with some college kids. Right. We all eventually go to sleep, but I noticed Bill kept his rifle within arm's reach. The next morning, there was a dead something or other with its skin missing and guts splattered all over the front of the cabin. Bill thought it was either a possum or a raccoon. The girls are thoroughly creeped out now and insist on leaving. Sarah's convinced it's some serial killer and the dead animals are a warning or some sick gift. Bill's entirely convinced the dead animals weren't left there by a bobcat or something, but is also convinced there's a person in the woods fucking with us. Steve and Fred don't know what the fuck is going on, but they don't think it's funny. Finally, they realize when something's not funny. That's a miracle. <laughs> mm. Okay. We all eventually decide where to, we're going to find whoever is messing with us and get them back. The girls are too scared to leave the cabin. Bill recruits Fred as his assistant, and they spend the day building booby traps, digging pits, and rigging per- perimeter alarms from empty cans full of pebbles. But not leaving. But not like- leaving. What is so special about this plywood house that you don't just leave? Um, fragile masculinity. Mm, Very true. It is holding the plywood together. Good lord. Steve retrieves a hatchet from the woodpile and nominates himself captain of the creepy cabin self-defense squad, since it's his uncle's place. Everyone basically ignores him, and Bill becomes the de facto leader since he seems like he knows what's going on. Finally, he and Fred finish up whatever they're doing in the woods and sit around the table playing cards. None of us really know how to play poker except Jill, who wipes us out. Fred suggests strip poker, which the girls immediately veto. Then we wait and wait and wait some more. At this point, I don't care how creepy the motherfucker it is, or how creepy the motherfucker is, whoever is messing with us better show up or I'm going to be pissed. I regret this sentiment wholeheartedly. Just before sunset, Bill instructs Sarah and Jill to shelter in the back room and has me and Rachel guard the door with our guns. Fred and Steve, being armed with hatchet and cookery, are to guard the girls in the back while we defend the front door. What are you going to be doing? I'll be up in a tree waiting to ambush whoever it is. They'll be expecting us all to be holed up in the cabin. Explain why this is a terrible idea. Bill ignores me and tells us not to shoot unless we know 100% for sure it's not him. He disappears into the trees. Crazy motherfucker. This guy has been waiting too long for this. It's his moment. Truly. He's like, I'll be in the trees. Yeah. I'll be watching. (laughs) I'll yell and that way you'll know it's me. You'll you'll know. As if someone else doesn't have his fucking voice. (laughs) (laughs) As if other people, like, even if it was human. Yeah. Like, as if they couldn't climb trees. Yes! like, skinning something that large doesn't take time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's fucking twisted, man. Like, yeah. Apply your frontal cortex (laughs) to anything. Like, jeez. Jill is insisting we all just go home, sensible, and keeps asking how we know Bill isn't just an idiot who's making shit up to look good. Fair. Fair. Fred insists he knows what he's doing. We hear a rattle from one of our perimeter alarms. I crack the door. I can't see anything outside. Who's out there? Come on out. It's my voice again. Who the hell are you? Come out where I can see you. I'm here. Bill's phrase. But my voice still. I'm seriously creeped out now. Come out where I can see you. I'm here. Come on out. Against my better judgment, I step outside the door and shine my flashlight at the trees. There's someone standing in their tree line with their back towards us. They're dressed the same as Bill, but they look filthy and their hair is longer. Who the hell are you? No response. Turn around so I can see you. Still nothing. It just stood there. I have a gun. I'll shoot you if you don't turn around. 
It didn't say anything. But whoever it was, or whatever it was, started convulsing. Like it was laughing hysterically, but there was no sound. You better leave us alone. This is our property. You better get out of here. It was still standing there with its back to us, but now it was just jittering like it's hard to describe. But it's like it was under a strobe light or something. I take a step forward, keeping my flashlight and my 22 aimed at it. Oh my goodness. Do you hear me? I was debating what to do next and wondering where the hell Bill was when I smelled that stench again. It was so sudden and so foul, it was like being hit in the face with a brick. I gagged at the stink of a dead animal decomposing in raw sewage and mold, and my eyes watered. I looked back at the cabin at the others, where, and Rachel and Steve both shouted in shock. I spun around, and whatever it was sudden, was suddenly much closer, halfway between the tree line and the cabin, with its back towards us. I scrambled backwards towards the cabin. I will never forget what happened next. Fred holds the cookery over his head in a two-handed grip and no shit screams, Banzai! Banzai! Charges out of the cabin toward the creepy strobe light person. No. No wonder he gets along so well with Bill. They're both crazy motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Fred runs past the tree, past me, then immediately trips over a piece of stray firewood and place plants into the dirt dropping his big ass knife no the person is convulsing like something is crawling around under its skin and clothes rachel is shouting for us to get back in the cabin and waving her revolver around and suddenly in the night is suddenly the night is shattered by a deafening boom the creeper freezes motionless boom boom even louder than the gunshots is the ear-splitting shriek. If a banshee and a cougar were slowly lowered into a wood chipper, it wouldn't sound half as loud or as disturbing as whatever the hell that scream was. The creepy person vanishes like they were never there. Bill sprints into view, switching on the flashlight of his rifle and scans the tree line. I told you it needs to stay in the cabin! After someone shout, some shouting back and forth, Bill and Fred investigate outside while the rest of us go back in the cabin. They find some blood where the thing had been standing, or at least it, they think it's blood because it's pitch black. Oh. They can't find any footprints anywhere, and no other, or sorry, and other than the alarm that was shaken when it first appeared, no other booby traps were triggered. They come back inside the cabin, and the rest have decided, fuck this, we're getting the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Bill calmly loads three rounds into his magazine to replace the ones he shot and asks if we really want to load our stuff into the van in the dark with that thing out there. Good point. We all pack our shit anyway so we can leave at first light. Everyone is too keyed up to sleep and sits up and stays up. The stench returns. The dead animal and burning copper smell. What the hell is that smell? Do you think it was that thing? Probably, but we didn't smell it earlier when it was thud. Something just smacked into the cabin wall. Dead silence as we all grasp weapons, makeshift or otherwise, and nervously listen. After a long moment, some thuds against the wall again. We don't move a muscle. Something begins began scratching at the door, like slowly dragging your nails down the length of the door, then starting again after reaching the bottom. Who's there? I'm here. Come on out. It was Steve's voice this time, and he paled visibly when he heard it. Fuck you. Who are you? What you want? Game's over. Come on out. That's when Rachel fired a shot through the door. Despite the ringing in my ears, I could hear what sounded like the world's nastiest cat fight as something screeched, hissed, spat, and slammed into the door repeatedly. She fired a second shot, and the noise stopped. After a long, uncomfortable silence, we heard the screeching again, but far off in the woods. Bill opened the door and told everyone, get your shit in the van, we're leaving. As we started throwing shit in the van, I noticed Bill had disappeared around the side of the cabin that the, com- that the thumps on the wall had come from. I tossed the last of my stuff in the van that followed. We found out what had thumped against the wall. There were two splotches of blood on the side of the cabin and underneath each was half of a full-grown deer. Oh, fuck. It ripped a deer in half and threw the halves at the cabin. 
Bill tells me not to say anything about it because it'll scare the girls. I'm pretty sure they're already scared, dude. We rejoin the others then as they make one last trip inside the cabin for the last of the stuff. Bill grabs my shoulder. Steve, go start the van. Girls, go wait in the van. We'll get everything else. The girls make no argument and got in the van with Steve, leaving Bill, Fred, and me in the cabin. That's almost everything, Fred. Go check in the back and make sure we got everything. Then Bill physically pulled me and Fred out of the cabin and we gave him, while we gave him a what-the-fuck look. And then I saw someone else in the back of the cabin, wearing filthy clothes like Bill's, packing things up. Oh, fuck. It was in the cabin with us. Bill quietly pulled us out of the cabin and I pointed my rifle at it. I heard a pop like a firecracking cracker going off and something smacked me in the leg. I looked down at my feet and saw, is that a fucking grenade spoon? I looked up just in time to see Bill pull the pin from a second grenade. One of those big smoke grenade types release oh, the spoon with a an pop idiot. and throw it into the cabin. Then he shut the door and locked the handle with the deadbolt with Steve's keys and stepped back. He looked at me calmly and said, thermite, any second now. Then he pointed his rifle at the cabin and waited. Steve got out of the van and joined us, asking what the fuck we were doing. Suddenly we hear ungodly screeching again, this time from inside the cabin. It was like someone was electrocuting a burlap sack full of angry lynxes who all had their balls in a vice. Bill calmly explains to Steve that it was in the cabin, or he had just set the cabin on fire with a homemade thermite grenades he brought along on a camping trip for no reason other than that made sense to Bill. What the fuck, man? You set fire to my uncle's cabin. Hey, my risk set is still in there too, as if that made it even somehow. Do you want me to pause? The screeching gets even louder and something slams into the door hard. Bill calmly dumps 10 or 15 rounds of 308 into the door and wall of the cabin. The inhuman shriek gets louder. Smoke starts to pour out from under the door, and we can see an orange glow through the bullet holes. Uh, can we leave now? Nah, Bill casually responds. Need to make sure it won't burn the forest down too. Dude, fuck the forest. We can burn the whole state to the ground if it kills that thing and anything else likes it, like it. Also, I kind of want to shoot it if it breaks out of the cabin so it doesn't seek revenge. I don't want to be a shitty, I don't want this shitty horror movie to have a sequel. Realize that makes sense and not just because Bill's acting as if we're in a horror movie. Inhuman shrieks and something slamming repeatedly against the wall of the cabin continue for a good 20 minutes before falling silent. The girls get out of the van and join us as we watch the cabin burn to the ground. The heat from the fire is barely tolerable and we're standing 30 feet away. The cabin finally collapses and everyone but Bill gets into the van. He stands there watching it burn, holding his rifle like he still expects some monster to come charging out of the roaring inferno. I know for a fact he's going to be bragging to the entire campus about how he single-handedly slew a monster when we get back. I was debating what to do. Oh, sorry. Finally, the cabin has burnt to the point that it's just crackling, smoldering, smoldering pile of charcoal and ashes, not even a dim orange glow visible in the darkness. Bill stretches his limbs, then gets in the van and tells Steve to drive into town so, people, so we can get gas and breakfast. We arrive in a town of maybe 400 people an hour later and stop at a combination gas station slash diner. As we walk in, Bill jokingly comments that if we were really in a horror movie, he'd at least have earned a blowjob from the heroine. Boo. God, I wish he died. This part, Rachel grabs him and pulls him into the back of the diner gas station. We don't see them until again until we have ordered breakfast and our food has arrived. That's a fucking lie. That's a fucking lie. I can believe the rest of the story. But not that. But not that. They've been going out ever since for almost two years now. She would never. Steve told his uncle that the cabin burned down because of the chimney for the wood stove got clogged or something and caught fire. His uncle didn't care since it was a shitty cabin he built in a single weekend. And it's just glad we're okay and didn't burn down the woods. We've never gone back there, but Steve's uncle has gone camping there several times since, mostly during hunting season, and hasn't seen or heard anything odd. Or smelled anything 
now that mm-hmm. we know. Other than skeletal remains of a deer torn in half next to what's left of the cabin, that is it. Bill is the only one crazy enough to go camping. And you murder the one creepy monster in a fire, you sort of lose any fear of the woods at night. Speak for yourself, you nut job. And that's my creepy skinwalker slash other names for them uh, slash whatever the hell the story is. I have no idea if we actually killed her or not. And I'm not going to poking around in the burnt remnants of the cabin to find out. Ooh. And that's it. I, there was some definitely some, so they claim it was based on a real story. So yeah. it's just weird that back in 2013, I'm glad I was in a very different crowd. Cause I didn't know like white supremacist was a personality trait. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit more aware of that in current times, which is sad, but I think it's also because people are more willing to call it out. I'm also wondering where this took place, because I feel like that would also... Yeah, because, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Our college experience is obviously different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be... I knew some... I knew a bill. Yeah. I knew a bill. And, I mean, did he get kicked out of school? Yes, because he was a crazy motherfucker, like this guy said. The thing that I think is weird about mm-hmm. this story is Bill puts on so much bravado. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was orchestrated. Yeah. Or, like, um, he knew too much. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, survivalist. Yes. All these things. Preparedness. But, like... Who the fuck is prepared for a skinwalker? Yeah. One. And who is like... Like, first of all, their first problem was fucking engaging. Yeah. When they heard the narrator's voice come out... You don't respond. You just... That's fucked up. Pack up your car in the morning and leave. Yeah. Do not engage. Don't even look out your fucking window. And leave. The idea I'm obsessed with is that... This was in a similar story, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that something, like, you can't fully look at or you don't even notice. Can't perceive. Can't perceive. So it could be, like, you could be sitting on a round of room and you don't notice unless you count the number of people. Mm-hmm. And notice that's off. And yes. that, to me, is the biggest horror of this. It's, like, you were around this thing. It Yeah, it was in your space. Yeah, it had access to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I... Why was it in Bill's clothes and not anybody else's? Like, true. So it was closest to Bill, maybe. But, but like, yeah. I think that's that's odd. Yes. Um. But it wasn't. It wasn't Bill's. It was Jim's uncle's cabin, which is also yeah. Yeah, you would. Or Steve's. It was Steve's. Steve's yeah. Uncle's cabin. But here's another thing that I think is peculiar: mm-hmm. is like, um, was that over the course of multiple days that it yes. looks like it was wearing? Well, that it looked like it was wearing Bill's clothes. Yes. That's odd. Like, like you'd think, I mean, if we're going classic, like, mm-hmm. shapeshifter, mm-hmm. Um, and not just, like, stealing the vocal tones. Yeah. If you're going shapeshifter, you'd think that by the time, like, if they saw it, it would have changed to something else. But, but that's odd that it looks like Bill. Yeah. I don't like that. No. Um, this kind of ties in to like uh, my story um, from a previous episode mm-hmm. where um, like in the whole fear of rural isolation and yeah. you kind of just like oh well that's a that's a fox that's a rabbit's yeah. death scream and you see weird stuff like that like we talked about mm-hmm. yeah it's just you go along with it. You just, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's a rabbit. Um, I mean. And then when it gets to, like, a deer, like, what do you even fucking say? Like, what? Uh, mountain lion. So my thing with this, two things. Yes. First one is the way it's retold. The narrator is obviously very in love with Bill, his little white yes. supremacist boo thing. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that comes through very clearly. Um, two, um, I do just want to address that um, just for people listening who probably know this or 
Um, we do know that. Um, Skinwalker, I know some people are very against saying it. There's a superstition against saying it in threes, especially. Like That's if you, why yeah. I didn't say the other name for it. Yeah. Because yeah. that one's, yeah. Um, especially. Yes, yeah, so. Sorry, I shouldn't have said it. No, 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 you're good. I say that. Yeah, I forgot you. Yeah, yeah. We just say we're we're aware of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a complicated because mm-hmm. how do you name something and does that give it more control over your life? Yeah. I always think there's a power in a name, yeah. just like the Fae. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fucking thankful none of them said anything about it there. Mm. I do. This does feel like, I know my freshman year, I, like, had some horrible roommates. And it it totally is, like, when you go to college, you're put around other people. And at first, you don't know who to be friends with. And it's trips like this and stuff like that that you learn. Like, um, one of my roommates, she totally, even in Columbus, Ohio, which, of course, racism is everywhere. Yeah. But she had a total white supremacist boyfriend. Um, And, like, like... No one introduces themselves as, hi, I'm a white supremacist. But sometimes, like, you are stuck in these moments where you're like, oh, I just knew, like, your girlfriend and you really fucking suck. So I do relate to that. Not the narrator, though. I do think it's interesting. And, yes, part of it was the time. But, like, he even references the fact that the women present were uncomfortable. Yeah. And, like... They were like, oh, well, nobody spoke up, or they just gave him a look. Like, it is interesting that nobody had any counterpoints or put Bill in his play. Like, yes. it would have been an interesting dynamic to the story, which is a true story. So, yeah. obviously, you can't <laughs> spin it to make it interesting. Yeah. Um, but, like, it would have been, it would have had an interesting dynamic for, like, Bill to have been isolated and called out for his behavior mm-hmm. to see if he still played this hero. Yeah. I was hoping for him to die, but the yeah. thing that sucks is if this is a made-up story, it would not surprise me because they made the kind of hurt woman a prize to be won. Literally. Yeah. Oh, like, stuff that's, so, like, why is that worth mentioning? Yeah. yeah. It's yes. not her personality. It has nothing no. to do with her personality. Yeah. She is a whole ass human. Yeah. <laughs> that always pisses me And when off. they're, I'm, like, totally fine when they're, like, oh, in her oversized jacket playing with a Zippo, I'm, like, that's a vibe. Like, the rest yeah. of it? Nonsense. And a Doc Martens? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I know love this Yes. Yeah. And I feel like this is such a good horror storytelling. I do not believe it at all. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there are stories similar to it that are yeah. true. I think oh, yeah. that's why it's horrifying. But I would love if we could get one that's not so... Like, it takes you out of it to have mm-hmm. such offensive and such a skewed the viewpoint. The racist jokes back... Oh, my God. It added nothing to the story. Nothing. It gave you some insight onto your major players, but yes. it didn't add anything. No. No. Um, I will say, as a point of interest, every time you mentioned Bill, all I could picture was Bill from Freaks and Geeks. Oh my gosh, yeah. His little glasses. Yeah. And I was like, I I believe that that Bill is far superior, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, love a D&D king. <laughs> um, but, but picturing him jumping from a tree was very funny. <laughs> yes. Um, and probably the best way for me to cope with a story is humor because yeah. it was this a lot. is my realm of terror. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's something to be said for like passed down for folklore. And like, yeah, I know if someone wants a recommendation, there's an episode of spooked where the point of view is from a native person. It is such a good episode yeah i wish i knew the name of it if we find it we'll have to link it yeah it is fantastic and it's that one like it that's the thing it doesn't have to be offensive to be just as horrific like i think the truth is even more horrific and and if this is a retelling of something someone went through i understand like being honest to the source i do think um the story is still entertaining it was fun to sit and listen to Mm -hmm. yeah so but that's what we're here But um, that's why also one of the reasons we're here is to yeah. deconstruct and yeah, because yeah. we can't ignore that these are the stories. Yeah, that, 
No, but I will always be here to cope with humor because otherwise I will throw up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In air. (laughs) (laughs) So will Figgy. As she should. The dog. The pit bull. The pit bull. In in question. Yeah. Nervous puker. Happens to the best of us. (laughs) Okay. How many nightlights do you fall asleep tonight? Ooh. I'll go with two, just because this isn't, like, a particular fear of mine. Uh, um, I actually tend to find, like, the outside kind of relaxing hey. and, like, a solace. For me, it's more being stuck in somewhere, like a house. Yeah. That part I found creepy. Yeah. 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 It's the trapped uh-huh. aspect, like we were talking about earlier. The trapped mm-hmm. aspect is what makes it so terrifying. Mm-hmm. I love I know I was just like, ooh, nature, but I love being outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, <laughs> they would give this one a solid three for me. Mm. Um, I don't fuck with that. And um, I've always lived around woods and things yeah. like that. And um, yeah, I will say like the way the story was told um, from a perspective of Bill worship. <laughs> uh that made it a lot less scary for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because when Allie told me what she was kind of going to be telling a story on, I was prepared <laughs> to not sleep tonight. But I do yeah. think probably three and <laughs> the dog and I'll be all right. Mm. For me, not because of the story, but because I will just think of other ways this could play out. Mm. A four. Because yeah. this is one of my biggest fears. Yeah. And I will continue thinking about someone being in your midst and not knowing it, mm-hmm. the replicating voices, which I've had experiences with, and the not just predatory behavior, but the, like, play with your prey yeah, behavior. Yeah, it's very feline. And you mentioned yes. a lot of times the cat sounds. Yeah, so this is something that I will be up thinking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I will say... I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this week's adventure. Find more at eeriequerypod.com. Share your stories to eeriequerypod at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at eeriequery. Bye. Bye. Thank you.